Good morning. I want to welcome you to Prophetic Podcast. This is Miles Kilby, and it's Monday morning here, and I have a word from the Lord that's been stirring in my spirit, and I want to give it to you this morning. You know, God has been so good and so faithful, and I released the word of the Lord about a week ago for the year 2017, and it's like God just keeps adding to it, and... um the word the Lord had given me for 2017 is that this is the year of breakthrough. This is the year that we'd, we would see great breakthrough. But it depends also, it's dependent upon, I believe, on the amount of time that we spend in the secret place of the Lord. And that that's uh, the Lord just keeps adding on to that and showing and giving me more revelation of that to give to the body of Christ uh, the importance of being found in the secret place of the Most High. And, you know, so I have a very uh, awesome word that the Lord has been sharing with me that I want to give to you this morning. So I'm going to get right into it. And I pray you're doing well this morning wherever you are. Uh, We're going to pray for you and release the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning. But let's get right to the word. And if you have a Bible or your phone with you wherever you are, Uh, Open up to the book of Ezra. Ezra. The priest, the scribe Ezra. If you would open up to Ezra, the first chapter. And we're going to look at Ezra chapter 1 and 2 briefly. So, the the word the Lord keeps giving to me that I keep hearing very strong in the Spirit. And the Lord prophesied it and spoke it strongly in the church yesterday was that God was bringing His people out of exile. The Lord said, I'm bringing my people out of exile. My people are coming out of exile this year. The time is now for my people to come out of exile. You know, God is setting the stage, and much of everything that God does in the earth runs through the authority that He sets in place. And this is a great revelation in I don't know if many people have a true or deep understanding of this, but God sets authorities up in the earth. And He sets authorities up in the body of Christ. And so, you know, everything that God does and the way that He moves in through the earth, He has to do it through people, through people in the earth. Because God said originally in Genesis 1 that let us give them let us give them dominion over the earth. And so when God did that, He gave dominion, rulership, ownership. Uh, well, really, rulership. God owns the earth and all that's in it. But He gives us rulership over the earth. That's what dominion is, is rulership over a territory that's being given to you. And so when God did that, then He gave us dominion he gave us rulership over the earth and we are the stewards we are the ones who who practice rule and control over the earth now our responsibility is that since we're under God's authority that we partner with him and invite him into the affairs of man and into the circumstances of man and we invite him to come and work on our behalf and to co-labor with us in the earth to accomplish 
the purpose and the will of God, what, what He would have for us. <clears throat> and so God is still looking for men and women to partner with today to accomplish His purpose and His plan in the earth. And so this is so awesome because what we see happening in this day, even in the political realm, and what God is doing uh, with our new president-elect Donald Trump, who's going to be inaugurated in about 11 days, January 20th, is that God is setting the stage. You know, Romans 13, 1 says that God sets all authority. He sets authorities in place. He is the one who sets people in authority. And so truly, yes, the Lord has set Donald Trump as president, whether you agree with that or not, or like it, um, that's what has happened. And so this is very similar to what God did back in around 550 B.C., around that time. I can give you a more accurate date, about 538 B.C., you know. Um, the Lord raised up a man named Cyrus, who was king of Persia. And we're going to see that in Ezra, the first chapter. But first, let me tell you this. You know, um, I respect Barack Obama as our president. I pray for him as our president. And I, I bless him. And I want him to succeed and do well. And that should be des our desire for, for everyone, is that they succeed and do well. And that they come to repentance and to the knowledge of God. Um, but the Lord spoke to me in 2012, the very day after, the morning after he was reelected, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I will be with you in Babylon. And what I believe that took place is that when President Obama came in to office, is that God's people went into exile. It was like we were deported to Babylon. We went into exile, and Babylon is the world system. It's a very um, worldly, their God, they worship false gods, so many other things. If you read throughout the book of Daniel, and, um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar was the one who destroyed Jerusalem, and we're seeing a lot of that right now as President Obama is going out. We're seeing these UN resolutions coming against uh, Israel and Jerusalem, wanting them to give up certain things. And so, you know, this is very, you know, when God's people, I believe, went into exile for eight years, these past eight years, and we were exiled, it was like we were living in Babylon. And, but now, God has raised up a Cyrus, and Donald Trump is the 45th president, and if you read Isaiah 45, which I don't think there's no coincidence there. That's where Isaiah the prophet prophesied 200 years before King Cyrus that Cyrus would come to power, that he would overthrow Babylon, and that he would help the people of God return and build the temple and be restored to the land of Israel, to Jerusalem. And you can read that in Isaiah 45. But also here in Ezra, the first chapter, let's read it right now. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. 
Okay, there's also a prophecy in Jeremiah. I think it's around Jeremiah 51. And it says, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Wow, that's amazing. So the Lord stirred the spirit of Cyrus the king, the king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Wow, that's profound. So, God used Cyrus, king of Persia, to overthrow Babylon. And <clears throat> so, the, the empire of Persia was from, like, India all the way, stretching across back west, throughout the Middle East, and even all the way down to Ethiopia. So it covered a vast territory. And he says in verse 2, all the, kings, all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. That is profound and unbelievable. And so he says, God has commanded me to build his temple back. Now, why would God choose a Gentile king? He wasn't a Jew. Why would God choose this man and use him to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem and to restore God's people back there? Pretty amazing. So let's continue reading. It says, Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods, livestock, besides the free will offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. <clears throat> okay, now... What is God doing? God has just overthrown Babylon. He's raised up a man in Cyrus who is gonna who he's commissioned to rebuild the temple, to fund the entire rebuilding of the temple, and he's going to send God's people, the Jews, back to Jerusalem and to Judah. This is such a profound thing that is happening and taking place, and I believe that it's very similar to what God is doing in this day. And what I hear the Lord saying for the body of Christ in this hour, that He's calling His people out of exile. He's calling His people back to rebuild the house of the Lord. He's raising up kingdom builders in this hour to build the kingdom of God. And He's calling people back to rebuild the altar of the Lord. And as you rebuild the altar of the Lord, we're going to see the kingdom of God advanced. We're going to see the house of the Lord re rebuilt and reestablished. We're going to see the church rise up in this hour in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. And this is so profound. And, you know, we need to be in the secret place of the Most High. We need to be living in Psalm 91. And I want to show you what happened first 
when the people came back to Jerusalem and to Judah, and God raised up Zerubbabel to lead the people back, to lead the remnant back, and to begin to rebuild the temple. But I want you to see the first thing that they did whenever they came back into the land. The scripture says that they came back, it says right here in verse 64 of chapter 2, it says the whole assembly together was 42,360, and then several more, and tells all the different things that they brought back with them, the camels, the donkeys, etc. And then it says in verse 68, some of the heads of the father's houses, when they came to the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem, offered freely for the house of God to erect it in its place. According to their ability, they gave to the treasury for the work 61,000 gold drachmas, 5,000 minas of silver, and 100 priestly garments. So the priests and the Levites, some of the people, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the Nethanim, dwelt in their cities and all Israel in their cities. Okay, so they came back. They've given to the house of the Lord. They've sowed into it. And they've settled back into their cities, into their places that they live in. Now, it says, And when the seventh month had come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Now, that's, that's awesome. They gathered together as one man, as like one people, to Jerusalem. They were unified. They were in unity. And I want to tell you this, you know, there was approximately, most people think, two to three million Jews who had been exiled in Babylon. And so Babylon is a place of comfort. It's a worldly place. They had been exiled to the world. And that's the place that God is calling us out of. He's calling us out of the world. He's calling us out of exile. He's calling us out of Babylon. He's calling us out of our place of comfort to come, to come back to Zion. I want to tell you, it's time to leave Babylon and go back to Zion. And, you know, there were estimated approximately to be 2 to 3 million Jews who were in Babylon at that time when Cyrus came into power and was releasing and commissioning the people of God. Now, God brought forth a Gentile king who commissioned his people, the Jews, to go back and to rebuild the temple. Now, that's very significant because, see, in this time that we're living in, it's that the gen it's the Gentile that's going to provoke the Jew to jealousy, to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the to come back to Zion, to come back to their roots, to come to the true revelation and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so, it's estimated that two to three million people were in Babylon at that time, but they they took a census and only 49,897 people returned with, with Zerubbabel, who was a prince of the tribe of Judah. He was a descendant of the lineage of David, of the line of David. So he was a prince of Judah. And God used and raised up Zerubbabel to lead back 50,000 people to return and to rebuild the temple and to resettle into the land. 
Now, when the people of God were exiled out of Babylon, it happened in three stages. So, they were exiled out in three stages, and when they were restored, they were, they were restored in three different stages. The first group went back with Zerubbabel. Then the second group went back with Ezra. So the first group was about 50,000 people out of 3 million that came back with Zerubbabel. Then the second group was about 1,700 people that came back with Ezra. And then the third group with Nehemiah when he came to came back later after Zerubbabel and Ezra to rebuild the wall around the city. And so it was restored threefold, just like they were exiled threefold. But I want you to see that there was only a remnant of people that were willing to come out of the comfort and out of the world of Babylon and to come back to Zion, to come back to the promised land that they had been given. And I want to tell you, it's time to come out of Babylon. It's time to leave Babylon and to go back to Zion. It's time to go back to Zion. It's time to go back to Zion. It's time to go back to the house of the Lord. It's time to begin to, be, to build the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you, God is raising up kingdom builders in this day and in this hour who are going to rebuild the altar of the Lord and who are going to begin to rebuild the house of the Lord. And then the walls of the city are going to be erected again. And the city is going to be rebuilt. And the glory of the Lord is going to be return and rest upon the house of God. And so Zerubbabel was a mighty man of God. He was a prince of Judah. And this is interesting too because Judah always goes first. Judah is the leader. The lion of the tribe of Judah was moving through Zerubbabel to bring back his people to rebuild the temple. To rebuild worship. Amen. And so I want to see I want to I want you to see this, the very first thing that they did whenever they came back and resettled into the land. We're we're looking in chapter three. And it says, And when the seventh month had come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Then Jeshua the son of Josadak, and his brethren the priest and Zerubbabel the son of Shealtel and his brethren arose and built the altar of God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it as it is written in the law of Moses the man of God. That's the very first thing that they did when they came back was to build the altar of the Lord. And that's the first thing. Shekiri Abba. That's the first thing that you have to do this year. The first thing that you that God is calling us to do this year is to rebuild the altar of the Lord. It is time to rebuild the altar of the Lord. It is time to build the altar of God back. It's time to be found in the secret place of the Most High and to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It is time. This is the first thing that we must do is rebuild the altar of the Lord. I'm telling you, this is so important, and it's going to change everything for the entire year. That first, you must rebuild the altar of the Lord in your life. You can't live off anybody else's altar. You have to rebuild the altar of the Lord in your life this year. When you begin to rebuild the altar of the Lord, 
you are going to see God break through and break out on the scenes. You are going to see the Holy Spirit begin to release revelation of what He's doing and how He's moving. You're going to begin to see Jesus high and lifted up and exalted. You're going to see Him and you're going to behold Him. And when you behold Him, you are going to become as He is. Just as it says in 1 John 3. That when we behold Him, that we become like Him. And so, the Holy Spirit is releasing great revelation. And I'm telling you, the first thing that we must do is to build the altar of God. The, the altar of the God of Israel. So, it says, They arose and built the altar of the God of Israel to offer a burnt offering on it. It's time for us to come back on the altar and to be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And so it's time for us to arise up, church. It's time for us to arise and begin to build. God is calling, calling us to a time of building, a season of building. This is a year of rebuilding. This is a year of rebuilding the altar of God in your life. This is a year that God is raising up kingdom builders to begin to advance the kingdom and to build the house of the Lord. And they're going to rebuild the foundations of the Lord. And we're going to see that here now, later in chapter 3. Uh, let's continue to read right here. Uh, in verse 3, it says, Though fear had come upon them because of the people of those countries, they set the altar on its bases. And they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening burnt offerings. So morning and evening, they offered burnt offerings. Morning and evening, morning and evening, they were at the altar of the Lord, worshiping Him. This is the very first thing. You know, they didn't even have the temple rebuilt yet. But they went ahead and they came back and they built an altar to the Lord. This is so awesome. It's so significant at what God was doing at that time. But it's just as significant, I believe. It's at what God is speaking and saying in this hour, that it's time to rebuild the altar of God in your life. Then it says in verse 4, They also kept the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings in the number required by ordinance for each day. Afterwards, they offered the regular burnt offering, and those for new moons, and for all the appointed feast of the Lord, they were consecrated, and those of everyone who willingly offered a freewill offering to the Lord. Now this is awesome. You know, the Feast of Tabernacles falls in the seventh month on the Jewish calendar. And the scripture says here in verse 4 that they kept the Feast of Tabernacles. They returned back to keeping the Feast of the Lord. They knew how important it was to keep the Feast of the Lord. Because this was a divine appointment and visitation from God to, to meet with Him. This was a time where you dropped everything and you went and met with the Lord. And you know, on the Feast of Tabernacles, that was one uh, feast that you were required to go to the temple and to offer sacrifice. But they didn't have the temple rebuilt yet. But the scripture says that they still kept the Feast of Tabernacles. And they offered daily burnt offerings each day, which, by which was, 
by what was required. So they were so sincere in their worship. They were so committed. They were so encouraged. And I want to tell you, God also raised up the prophets Haggai and Zechariah to speak forth and to encourage the people to build. And so the prophets are even speaking now. The prophets are speaking now, encouraging the body of Christ, encouraging his people to build and to plant and to move. And, okay, let's continue with the scripture. And it says, Afterwards they offered the regular burnt offering and those for new moons and for all the appointed feasts of the Lord that were consecrated. And those of everyone who willingly offered a free will offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, although, although the foundation of the temple of the Lord had not been laid. The foundation of the temple of the Lord had not even been laid yet. But the very first thing they did was rebuild the altar of the Lord to the God of Israel. Okay, let's continue on. In verse 7, They also gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar logs from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa according to the permission which they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Cyrus had decreed. He had given them permission. He had funded them. He had fully funded them. And I want to tell you, the king of glory is fully funding us. Now in the second month of the second year of their coming, to the house of God at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, the son of Jezadek, and the rest of their brethren, the priests and, and the Levites, and all those who had come out of the captivity to Jerusalem. God's calling, you, calling us out of captivity. He's calling us out of captivity to come back to Zion began work and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. God is appointing certain people right now to, to the house of the Lord. He's, a, he's appointing you to begin to rebuild the altar. He's appointing you to begin to rebuild the house of the Lord. This is very, very significant. Then Jeshua with his sons and brothers, Cadmiel with his sons and his sons, of Judah with his sons and the sons of Judah arose as one to oversee those working on the house of God the sons of Hanadad and their sons and the brethren and their brethren the Levites when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord the priests stood in their apparel in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites the sons of Asaph which were the worshipers the singers with cymbals, it says the sons of Asaph with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. They restored the worship of David back to the house of God right here. Wow, that's what happened. God is restoring and giving you the key of David in this hour to restore true worship back to the house of God. Not entertainment, you know, True worship has been replaced with entertainment in the church. That, that's, that's about to be changed. God is restoring the key of David. Worship back to the house of God. Okay, and it says and they, in verse 11, And they sang responsively, praising 
and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Wow. God is re he's, he's laying new foundations right now. He's laying new foundations. He's raising up those that he's appointed to the house of the Lord, those that he's appointed to the kingdom for such a time as this. He's raising those up to, to rebuild the foundation in the house of the Lord. Apostles and prophets to rebuild the foundation of the house of the Lord. You know, Ephesians 2.20 says that the foundation of the church is apostles and prophets built on the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And so this is what God is doing right now, y'all. He's calling His people to come out of exile. It's time to come out of exile. It's time to leave Babylon and go back to Zion. It's time to leave your comfort. It's time to leave the world. It's time to leave all of these things. It's time to leave the past. It's time to leave what God, you know, what, what's happened in your past. It's time to forget about the past and to forgive the past and to move on and to go back to Zion, to the house of God, to the city of the great King, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to return. And I want to tell you, are you part of the remnant of God that is going to, to return with Zerubbabel to rebuild the altar and to rebuild the house of the Lord, to rebuild the foundation of the temple? To rebuild the foundations of worship. God's calling you back. To rebuild the temple of God. To rebuild the foundation of the house of the Lord. And so it's time to build. It's time to begin to build and to rebuild. This is so awesome what God is speaking and what he's doing. And so with God raising up Donald Trump as a Cyrus to encourage the church and to help lead the church, to commission the church, to rise up. I've, I've heard Donald Trump telling leaders in the church, your voice needs to be heard. You guys need to be unified. Why aren't you guys being heard? Why isn't your voice being heard? He is encouraging the church to go forth and to rise up and to begin to advance. I, I've heard him in his interviews. I've heard him as he's met with other uh, Christian leaders in the body of Christ encouraging the church to rise up and to begin to advance and to build and to move forward and to let your voice be heard and to be unified. And so he's the Cyrus that, that God has raised up to commission God's people to come out of exile and to, and to go back and to rebuild the house of the Lord. You know, and even re I've been seeing articles uh, recently how... Uh, Trump is going to have a, a Christian inauguration. You know, he's going to have several Christian minister, ministers there. He's going to have a, a Jewish rabbi there. I know Franklin Graham is going to be there. Paula White is going to be there. Uh, several other ministers, uh, big-name ministers uh, from in the body of Christ that are going to be there with him at the inauguration. And um, so God is doing a significant thing. And, you know, this is so powerful, the revelation of what God is speaking. And I want to tell you, it's time for Isaiah 60 to be fulfilled.
to arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Though though deep darkness, though dark yeah though deep darkness though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness covers the people, but my glory shall be seen upon you. My glory shall be upon you, says the Lord. And so it's time to arise and to shine. And this truly is a word for the body of Christ in this hour. So right now, I just encourage you to get back to the secret place of the Most High, to get back to rebuilding the altar of the Lord wherever you are, and to build the house of God. Begin to relay every every brick, every brick of the foundation that you're building, your prayer, you're laying, you're laying bricks. You're relaying the foundation as you pray and as you intercede. And I want to tell you, this is going to change our entire year. It's going to change the rest of the year as we, as we build the altar of the Lord and rebuild the house of God. I want to tell you, God is moving in a mighty way. And He's releasing divine intervention. He's releasing breakthrough. He's releasing angels of breakthrough to come and to strengthen you and to assist you. Even as Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was praying there before the Father, before he went to the cross. You know, Gethsemane means olive press. So Jesus was being pressed. He was being squeezed so much so that he, he, his sweat was drops of blood. And God sent the angel of the Lord to come and touch him and to strengthen even the Lord Jesus Christ as he was there praying so, so he could come to the place that his will, his human will was broken and he could say, not my will, but yours be done. God is sending angels now even to touch you, to strengthen you, to anoint your He's sending angels now to touch you, to anoint you, to anoint your prayer life, to touch you and to strengthen you as you're as you're in prayer as you're in the secret place of the most high and as you're building the altar of the lord he's sending them forth now he's sending forth angels of breakthrough that will bring revelation to you and so father we just thank you right now we give you honor and glory and lord jesus i thank you for everyone who's listening to this podcast lord god that you would speak to them that you would bring revelation to them that you would show them great and mighty things, as Jeremiah 33, 3 says, that, that you would show them great and mighty things that they know us not. Lord God, many of those that are fasting right now, that, Lord God, that you're transforming them, that, that, that you're creating a new wineskin in them, that they're becoming a new wineskin, Lord God, to receive fresh oil, fresh wine, fresh outpouring, fresh anointing, fresh anointing, fresh power from on high. We thank you for this right now, Jesus. We declare it and we prophesy it from the rooftops. Lord God, that you're anointing your people with the spirit of prayer, that even the angels of God are coming to touch your people and, and to, to bring a spirit of prayer upon them, that a spirit of prayer is coming upon your people, that a spirit of prayer and intercession, a spirit of building is coming upon your people, a spirit that will cause your people to rebuild and to build and to plant is coming upon your people. I hear the Lord saying that he's calling many of you to build and to plant in this year. He's calling many of you to build and to plant. And I see the Lord has placed the seed in your heart. And he says, yes, even this year, you will begin to build and to plant, says the Lord. You'll begin to build and to plant, saith God. Different ministries, 
different ministries you'll begin to build and to plant, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you right now and we acknowledge you, Lord God. We give you honor and glory and we worship you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. And we bless your holy name. We thank you for your word, Lord. And may your word be sink deep down into our spirits. May we absorb your word into our spirits this day. And we thank you for doing it, Jesus. And we just thank you. We give you honor. We give you all honor and glory right now. We thank you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, that's all for today, guys. I love you so much. We bless you. Continue to share this and tune in with us each week as we release the word of the Lord. We're going to be having some new things coming up here soon. You know, we're going to be planning the River Church, the River at Pooler Church in Pooler, Georgia. Our first start date is February the 12th. And I'm so excited about what God wants to do through this new ministry that he's planning in Pooler. Uh, It's going to be awesome. It's going to be phenomenal. So we're so excited about that. And, you know, God is doing so many great and awesome things. You know, in the future on this podcast, we're going to have different people that we interview. So I want you to be on standby for that and to be working out, uh, to be looking out for the word of the Lord released through different individuals as we interview them on this podcast is going to be so awesome. So again, if you would like and share this with your friends, other people on Facebook or on your social media, you know, invite people to to like it and to share it. I would greatly appreciate it. And other people can can hear the word of the Lord, what God is speaking prophetically now uh, through his prophets. You know, God wants to speak and release revelation to his prophets, to the body of Christ, to help give us direction so that we would know which way we need to go and what we need to do. So thank you again, and we just bless you, and we'll talk to you real soon. We'll see you next week.